Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Um, So most of you know, uh, because I've talked about it now for a number of times this month, is that, uh, you know, September is Suicide Awareness Month. And so most of you may or may not know that. Sometimes you're able to listen to one show, sometimes a bunch of them. But, you know, in the spirit of that, and also, uh, as I've shared before, with my own experience of my mom, uh, my birth mom committing suicide. Um, For a long time, that was not anything that we would talk about. And as a matter of fact, I'm the only one in my family that is talking about it. Uh, The last person in my family that did talk about it uh, was my uncle Ralph. But all of my mom's relatives to this day don't acknowledge it. And, you know, for me, there is a way that I know about it because my mom actually wrote notes to my dad, uh, which my stepmom kept and did give to me. And so most of us don't have information about what happens to folks. And so that's why we are really committed to, to really highlighting this, especially this month. Uh, for many of you, you also know I work with women in addiction and recovery and did a whole show on what that's about. But this week, we are talking about a different version of this. You know, we are talking about a very spiritual, shall I say, angelic aspect of souls. And for many of us, we grew up with sort of, how should I say it, um, rules about life, about death, about living, about dying. But we're living in a different world right now. And we're living in a world where we are now sharing stories. Uh, We are sharing stories of perhaps not going, not, not having our lives disappear. What happens when we get saved? What happens when that period of time happens? Because I believe that did happen to my mom at her first attempt. And so today we're sharing a story, sort of in the theme that we've been talking about. And that is about the journey of our lives, the experience we have with what we cannot see. Today, it's angels. But for the most part, You know, here we are in the world today, and we cannot turn a blind eye to what this is, what's happening in the world. 
suicide rates that we've never even seen before. Today, I get to have a conversation with Keith Leon S. Walking with my angels, a true story, walking with my angels. And so today, you're going to hear what this story is about. Is it possible for a life to be saved six times, seven times, eight times, X times? Is it possible? What happens if you are that person? What happens if we all look at the people that we walk this earth with and how they have been there for us in some of the most incredible ways? Perhaps, perhaps as, as Keith talks about, earthbound. But today, we're going to literally lift up the covers because this is a conversation we absolutely need to have. Those of us that have been down this pathway, we do know that sometimes there are energies, whatever you want to call them, angels operating at a level that seems unrecognizable to us, but life-saving. Keith, it's great to have you. My pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, I wasn't joking, right? Uh, you know, we do have these experiences in life where many of us can talk about what it means to be saved, right? And that's an interesting phrase. And I want to come out of the gate with that phrase, the idea of being saved. Um, I know for me, I know I've been saved many times in my life. I uh, didn't know it. As I look back, I'm thinking, yeah, I should have never lived past that thing right there at all. Um, yeah. yeah, I was like, seriously, yo, that is just like something that, that is not like an experience like that car crash. That is not something that any, yeah, yeah, yeah. They anyway, couldn't believe it. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about you though. There is a reason for this book coming to the forefront and coming to the forefront now. I'm not kidding, you know, when I talk about the fact that we have never had statistics in the way that we have them now about suicide, about depression, and so forth. Mm -hmm. You wrote this book. I want to know how was it that you wrote this book and how you have been forever changed from bringing this story to light? Well, why I wrote it, that's so many, so many levels to that question, but I... I so aware of the part that you're talking about the, the suicide piece. You know, yeah. and I, I believe this is part of that because mm. when you read this book and you get to the end of it, I believe that you will realize that you are not alone, ever yeah. alone. Mm -hmm. You know, you have you have a, every one of us has a guardian angel with us, so right there. We're, we're never alone, but we can feel that way sometimes. How can we remember to remember that we're never alone? When, and I've been suicidal a few times, right? I know you read about a leg over on a freeway overpass one time, just yep. one time. So I've been there and I can relate. And it, it's like, so from personal experience, I know that when when one does that, they are feeling like they're not seen, they're not heard. They just feel alone. Yeah. So if, so just that one piece, if, if people read this book and realize, like, I'm never alone, that will be worth everything that I, that I went through to yeah. And, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I, I was I, I'm so glad you did bring it up because 
I want to talk with you about that feeling. Um, Here's what I think happens when people talk about being alone that have never really felt the depth of what you describe and what you have in the book. See, see, I think we can have some of this, this academic, maybe in this psychological conversation about what it means like to be alone, but that is not the depth of what takes people to the next level of resolve with that. Can you talk from your experience the depth of what we mean by alone? Because I don't think it's like, uh, like when you look it up in the dictionary, I don't even think that scratches the surface. Give us a sense of that. And I know you have stories in the book. Please feel free to share some of them. Yeah. Well, there's there's this feeling of unexplained despair. It's like that's the piece of it. Not really, you can't really put words on it unless you've, you've felt it. But it's it's feeling like I there's no way that I can get an answer to this question that I have. I don't feel like I can make it through today, and I can't, and I don't know why, right? I just don't, it's so dark, it feels, it feels so helpless, and I have no tools, and I just, it's the complete flip opposite of everything that you know and say on a good day, and then you take the complete opposite, and then you amplify it a hundred times, and that's what it feels like. Uh, it's unexplainable, but it's anti-on-steroids feeling of when you're in your power. And you know that, uh, you know, I'm always provided for, and everything's great. I am the five people I surround myself with, so I surround myself with great people, and then I'll feel good all the time. It's like the polar opposite of that. And uh, whew, uh, in, the, in the book, you know, one of, one of the times that I got to that point, everything was crashing down around me, and I was feeling that, that feeling and that my my angel who had been with me and teaching me and, and like, supporting me was had disappeared, and and, uh, and so I was already missing my angel, and then my, mm. uh, my girlfriend at the time that we were using at the time, and, and, and so um, I go to my dealer's house, and he's like, oh, yeah, you need to get home, and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, well, your girlfriend just gave me this, and he held up the engagement ring that I had given her um, mm. for, for some cocaine, like a lot of it, and said she was going to kill herself with it. So you might want to get home. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Why would you do that? And he said, yeah, I'm a drug dealer, not a not a marriage counselor. <laughs> Go. <You know? laughs> and, uh, mm. and then uh, and I went there, and she had uh, you know, not, not achieved her desired result. All she did was get really sick and uh, had given up token of our love, giving it up for drugs. So I just, I just spun out, you know, and I just ran out of there screaming like a crazy man running down the street crying, feeling like angel's gone. But, you know, the person who I thought loved me the most just gave away our, our symbol of love for drugs and trying to kill herself. And it just, as I ran down the street, just everything got darker and darker and Mm -hmm. scarier, scarier and less and less connected and all the things that I just spoke about and then the next thing I knew I was standing on a freeway overpass and, and looking down and it didn't have like a, a cover that won't let you crawl over it just had a tall chain link fence wall yeah, that I could right. get over and so right. and as I watched the cars speed by underneath me when the trucks went by I just was like wow if I jump in front of one of those trucks there's no way I could live through that there's no way 
mm-hmm. and then then I won't have to feel any of this. I won't have to deal with any of this. And uh, and so I climbed that fence, and I literally had a leg over when somebody grabbed me and, and pulled me back and you know, fell. And, and what are you doing? I'm like, what do you think of doing? <laughs> what do you just leave me alone so I can do it? <laughs> and uh, and he wouldn't he wouldn't let me do it. Ultimately, just let me buy you a beer and you tell me your sad, sad story. And if I feel like, you know, like it's really that bad, then I'll let you go. And um, mm. that was one time. Yeah. But, but, you know, here's the thing I love about, first of all, about the book, but also about speaking with you. You know, you are a highly successful individual. You are a multiple international best-selling author, um, book publisher, speaker, right? You've been on the stage with some of the names that have been on this show and some of them that have not, whether they be, you know, making music with Stevie Wonder, Ben Vereen, you name it, right? Uh, radio, television, um, the book guy, all of that. So do you find it odd that people read a book like this and are surprised, right? What, what, what do people, what has been the reaction? So like you and I come from sort of, you know, similar experiences. So I'm not surprised when I read the book. Right. But people that look right, you know what I'm saying? It's like, no, that doesn't yeah. surprise me. Uh, yeah. But and I work with women in addiction and recovery. So I'll tell you that I've heard pretty much the most horrific childhood stories that you ever want to hear. But most yeah. people would look at you and me on the outside and say something like, all right, come on, you two. Suck it up. Yeah. Let's go. Right. I mean, How bad can it really be? <laughs> right, right. I can hear my father right now, so I, I'm channeling my father. <laughs> but, but you see, isn't this history of this? Nobody expected Robin Williams or Philip right. Seymour. Uh, you, you know what I'm trying to say is yeah, we have yeah. so missed the point. We, yeah. if we didn't this... learn anything from Robin Williams, and we haven't. We are not getting it. So so we have got to continue to talk about this. But right, don't people like are like seriously, Keith, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, until they read the book. <laughs> um, yeah, I did a post about this a few weeks ago on Facebook. I said, you know, Facebook is like a, a snapshot of all the good times. Right? That's that's what it is. Oh. We just we're only seeing the good times when people are having the greatest day of their life and that's what they're taking a snapshot and that's what they're putting up. Or they're all putting up, you know, political stuff. That's about it. And uh but underneath every every happy snap it, you know, someone's hurting. And and maybe the very next day after they just had the trip of their life, you know, maybe the very next day they had the darkest day of their life. But who's posting about that? Where's that photo? Right. So I said, so, so I just want to like bring awareness to that because every every happy photo on here, there's there's somebody who's hurting and, and a real conversation that needs to happen. And good is a real conversation too. That's fantastic. But it's only it's only a piece of of who we are. So can we start having some real conversations? 
you know, a few people posted. A couple, a few likes. Yeah, but when I post, like, hey, I'm on stage at blah, blah, it's like, oh, 178 likes, a million comments, and all that. But I put up something real, and sometimes it's cricket. And uh, I just feel like, like what you just said. Like, yeah. And, I, and exactly what you said. Exactly. If we didn't learn from Robin Williams, then, like, will we ever learn? So. Yeah. And, and even if it is a cricket, it's a cricket without a vocal cord. Uh, yeah. Because the silence is deafening. <laughs> Right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, I see the cricket, but my God, they're not cricketing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did a video post the other day, too, that was like super real and, and nothing. And uh, my wife was just like, wow, like, what do you, what do you, how do you read into that? I was like, I don't. <laughs> I just, uh, I just have to keep putting them up. <laughs> That's all I could do. Try to figure it out. I just have to be the message. You know, just keep, keep saying it and be willing to say it. You know, it's an interesting skill I learned, and I think you're going to relate to this, right? About this, you got to keep putting the message up. So you got to be like the yeah. little energizer bunny, right? Yeah. And yeah. don't you find that, you know, part of this message, you know, part of what we're talking about, for those of you just tuning in, Keith Leon uh, S is the author of uh, Walk, uh, Walking with My Angels. It's a true story. And we're talking about this today, as we have been talking about shining a, what I should say, uh, a sun-like radiance to suicide uh, this is September. Then, unfortunately, it probably is the only month we'll ever talk about this. Uh, but, Keith, you, you know, one of the things that I was struck by in the book, and I'm trying to remember where I found it, was um, this idea that, I want to paraphrase, part of a loneliness may come from having something to say and folks not listening. And what I mean by that, and I learned this from Stephen Covey a long time ago, and I got to interview him about this. There's listening and then there's listening to understand. And it's really becoming a lost art. How important for you in your journey, um, and, and I think you outlined a bullet list in the book. I was really struck by that. Uh, of what you learned, a bullet list, right? Yeah. About listening and speaking. Mm -hmm. And I found that mm -hmm. amazing. But yeah. have you learned yeah, skills? Yeah. What do you do when people don't listen? Help me. <laughs> <laughs> what you're talking about is the part where uh, the part where my earthbound angel who spent all that time with me like challenged me for a very long period of time to not say a word. That's when I was at work. He said that you can learn more from listening than you can from talking, and you sure love to hear yourself talk. And so <laughs> he challenged me, and so I just didn't speak for like three weeks, you know, just didn't say a word at all. I just listened to people and uh, how they were interacting and what they were saying, and it was just the most profound thing. So that, that was the list of bullet points. Here's what I learned <laughs> from keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> and... Uh, and so the art of listening is is part of what I'm here to, to teach. You know, I like to call it sit, ask, and listen. There's yeah. a lot of people sitting, sitting. You know, we we got meditation, we got prayer, <laughs> we're sitting. Then we got asking. A lot of people ask a lot of questions. Some of them not maybe the right question because it starts with the word why. We keep saying why, why, why. Then the universe keeps going, yeah, why, and keeps giving you reasons to ask why. But 
how question or a what question. Oh, that's the right question. How can I be more loving? What can I do to support my fellow man? You know, how can how can I be more giving? How can I be more caring? So these are questions you would want an answer to. So you ask him the question, and the most important part is the part that is, um, I think, a little hard for some people to do now because we have so much noise. Right? We have like Facebook. Everybody's on that. We chat, Twitter. Our phones going off. We got news. We got the radio. We got people jawing at us. You know, it's like when do we have time to really listen to the question, <laughs> the answer to the question that we just asked? So sit, ask, and listen is the most important part of that, and and that is active listening for the specific purpose of revealing the answer to what you ask. And so we are made up of energy and that energy that created everything and that is everything and we're made up of that stuff so we have access to it as well we already know the answer to every question we just have to really listen long enough to hear it so uh there were times during my who do you think you are book project that completely changed my life and introduced me to all those people you were talking about earlier where i asked a question and then sat and waited two days before i got the answer two days mm-hmm. Went to, all I got up was to go to the restroom and eat. And if not, I was back in that one question. But when I downloaded the answer to that question, it was life-changing. It was how I asked all those famous people to be in my book and got every one of them to say yes. And I did not have that before I asked that question. I had asked and asked and had no answers right, to how to reach those people. So this came from another place, another source. And it changed everything about my life. So you don't have two days to sit around, then keep asking the question as you go up and out through the world. You have to go to work or whatever you're doing. Just keep spinning the question, mantra, asking it over and over again. And then at some point, the space in between two breaths, you will go, and that's the sound of you just got the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, this is for me, and I've tried to talk about this uh, a number of times on air. But I think when folks read your book, um, and we'll give copies of it it away today, one of the most important message that I take away from here, probably because I relate to it at a personal level, is that I have had so many angels in my life, right? Just like you. And when I think, I actually did a show once dedicated to honoring all of what I have called angels in my life people that have literally saved my life. And I'm not talking figuratively. I'm talking like you, right? Yeah, literally. Um, And others indirectly saving my life in other ways by either stopping me from doing something or giving me guidance about different things or talking to me uh, in ways I've not heard before. But the one thing that I think is so important here is we are now seeing trends and patterns of people in the world that are experienced the multitude of what you've written in the book and may or may not have the angels that you describe and I know that I've honored in my life. Uh, And I want to ask you this question and, and we'll take a break and give you some time to think about it. When I said you know, the silence is deafening. In this particular arena, and the arena I'm talking about, 
is perhaps the arena of feeling so alone, drugs, alcohol, calm it down, soothe the pain, whatever we want to call that, the silence in response at a real global level is even more deafening than in our immediate circle of friends. When we come back, I want to talk with you about the angels that show up and have showed up for you to help you do the things you need to do to be able to come on, write a book like this, and save other lives. What were they? You can go down the pathway of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And uh, 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 yeah, uh, if you go back and you're as old as I am, that is the generation that we emerged from that generation of. But what is it that Keith is now telling us about that will change your life or may help you become that angel. Yes, you can become the angels that we're going to talk about when we come back to save another life. It's not hopeless. It's not hopeless. You can. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. A word of caution, if you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. 
Discover the creative genius within on Creative Voice Radio with Gwen Fox each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in for a conversation that will inspire, motivate, and empower you to share your inner vision with the world. Make the deep connection between art and spirituality to take your artistic expression beyond anything you dream possible. Say yes to fear. Say yes to the creative genius within. For more information about Creative Voice Radio and working with Gwen, visit GwenFox.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, um, Benny, I'd love to give a copy of the book away. Let's start by doing that right now. It is Walking with My Angels, a true story. Keith Leon S. is the author of the book. Uh, he is much more than the author of the book. We talked about this previously. Um, and, you know, what I want to say about this book, and, you know, let me, let me just kind of capture this from, you know, my friend Jack Canfield, you know, this book will inspire you to open your heart to all possibilities. If you don't believe in angels now, you may before you complete this book from, and, and this is from Jack who wrote the forward. And what that means is that there are stories in this book, which as you go through the book, not one story, not two story. And actually Keith is going to talk about that. But, but when you get to some of the lessons that Keith outlines in the book, this is really for me, not just about suicide or about life or about angels. This now becomes a guide for those of you out there that may have friends or family or struggling with this yourself, because we really do have to help each other on this. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. Love to give a copy of the book away. We have four of them, Benny. Um, Keith, how can people find out more about you, your other books, any or all of the above, if you don't mind? Sure, sure. Well, to get this book, if you go to walkingwithmyangelsbook.com, uh, if you're going to pick up the book anyway, why not pick up $1,620 worth of free bonuses from a lot of those awesome people whose names you've mentioned? Yeah. Uh, I just created a page so that when you're going to buy the book anyway, you can come put the order in number at uh, walkingwithyourangelsbook.com, and you'll get a tons of free bonuses. I wanted to give you that. Uh, if you go to leonsmithpublishing.com, leonsmithpublishing.com, then that's, that's our main publishing page that uh, tells you uh, really who my wife and I are and how we started this company together and even, even more of my history that... Uh, in the book, um, you'll you'll find pretty quick that uh, everything that I put up is a, is a vulnerable piece, including my bio on my webpage. Uh, I'm just I'm just not hiding, and my whole purpose whole purpose is to uh, to support you and get you to the next level, right? Of wherever that, whatever that is, whatever it is. I can't do that if I'm withholding. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I want to get to a part of the book, which I was actually surprised was in the book, but then I read on and I understand why it was. Um, the part about dating the peaceful warrior and writing and becoming the list. Um, I, I looked at this and I thought, wow, this is really, really cool. Um, and by the way, you would have written the list the way that I would have written the list. You know, you sit down to a table, you pour yourself a drink and you write the list. 
Um, but there's a reason for going on that journey. And, and I want to talk to what led you up to this point in the book, because I think it's important. You, you know, and then we'll talk about what happened with the list, because I love lists, and it's not my nature to love lists. I am like a quadruple Sagittarian. Uh, lists are for Virgos, right? So, so let's talk about the list and what led you up to this, because I don't know that we could say enough about the pain from heartbreak. I studied uh, Broken Promises for eight years, so I understand both at a personal level, what happens with that level of heartbreak. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to talk about this because I think that did lead you to write the list. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could, I could hear my guardian angel's voice since I was a child and Mm -hmm. this guardian angel kept me out of harm's way so many times. And a lot of them as a child, which you'll read about in the book. And one of the things my guardian angel told me is that there was this, uh, my mom and I used to go for a walk to go see her boyfriend, and there was this little girl that was playing out in front of an apartment building. And one day my angel said, that that woman is going to be your wife when you grow up. That girl is going to be your wife. And so I told my mom, she's like, oh, you're cute, you're adorable. And I said it so many times that it kind of became a running joke. My mom would be like, oh, there's your future wife. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so I ran into her when I had finished my first year of college, and it was the day she graduated from high school. I ran into her again, and I, I just knew that this was that girl all grown up. And uh, so we ended up going to Magic Mountain, this thing, the party that never sleeps, they called it, and yeah. uh, hung out with her that night and ultimately ended up uh, telling her this story. This angel told me this, and, uh, and I was just really straight out there with it because I knew that if she was the one, then she would be open. And so on the way home from that, she's like, well, you know, if you could you know, and an angel told you, then you can tell me where I lived. So I had the guy who was uh, driving, uh, my friend, drive us uh, past her house. I said, oh, that was your apartment complex. Oh, can you turn up the alley? Yeah. Okay, so that, I believe, was your bedroom window, because whenever you weren't out front, you were playing in that room. She's just like, <laughs> what on earth? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so she had to chew on that for a little bit, and then ultimately she said, well, if an angel told you that, that we should be together, the least I could do is give it a chance. And so give it a chance, she did. Uh, We were uh, together for uh, 13 and a half years, and at least four of those years were good. Uh, It was uh, not not great because neither one of us had been taught any tools about how to communicate effectively. And so we just brought our really non-communicative, like hold everything in until you blow up, scream, say hateful things, slam a door and run out to our relationship. Mm. And... um, and that's how we did it for for all that time, and uh, and then there was a whole bunch of you know a, a couple of like I need time to think for, you know, split ups, and then she yeah. come to her senses and come back, and so I just I'd been back and forth and, and all of that, and and uh, ultimately uh, you know she just did something that was so whew, so heinous that I was just like well I'd rather be by myself than be with someone who would do that, and so uh, so we split up. But now, so after 13 and a half years, my best friend, which is truly what she had become, whether we could communicate well or not, that was my best friend, is no longer there. And uh, we had a child, and so now I'm a single father without my best friend. I've got empty bed syndrome, <laughs> like I've got my arm there, 
next to me in bed, and nobody's there for the first time in how long? And I just, it was, uh, it was a dark place that that really was uh, ended up being a blessing in hindsight, but did not feel like a blessing. <laughs> right? Did not. And, I know. Uh, and so I, I took the time that I needed because I realized if I didn't like take some time and heal me, that I would just keep perpetuating it. Wait, perpetuating that. I would keep. I would bring these horrible ways of communicating to my next relationship. So I started doing some work on me, but then I started dating kind of too soon, and uh, so I, I started dating women without being clear on what I wanted. And uh, I kept attracting the same woman. I call her a deer in headlights. Because, uh, we would like right. things would be going things would be going well, and as soon as it would get serious, they'd go ah and freak out and run away. And so I ended up <laughs> asking my my best friend, you know, why do you think that is? And he was like, well, you have to be clear with the universe what you want. So, um, and his mom was like kind of a famous uh, kind of Abraham before Abraham. She could yeah she right consume me and consume me and other spirits. So, so he she had taught him about law of attraction. And before anybody was even calling it that, right? <laughs> this is pre the secret and all of that. So, uh, <laughs> so he he says you got to go home and, and, and make a list, and get really clear about what you want in your next relationship, and I mean be detailed, everything. Act like you're ordering up a pizza, right? If you order up a pizza, you put exactly uh, what you want and, no, and uh, nothing else on it, right? That's you're right. You the pizza from the universe. So I did. I made the list. I brought it back and showed it to him. He had a few suggestions to tweak it, and and then uh, once I had it what we thought was right, and he said, you know, put it away, and uh, and then you'll attract her. I was hit with something when I was reading the list before I put it away, and that was, if like attracts like, then I have to be this list myself. Everything on here, I have to be myself, and I looked at the list, and there were a handful of things that I was like, I can't say I am that myself, so, so I just went to work to become the list because I knew that unless I was the list I would I would not attract perfect mate. So I, I went to work. Yeah. You know what you're talking about I think is so important in many, many ways. Because the result of this, right? I mean, isn't it fascinating? You know, there are tools that I've had to learn throughout my life. I'm not just talking about like the the kind of esoteric consciousness things we're talking about right here, you know, like, yeah. uh, right. I mean, I'm the person that was given a Catherine Ponder's Dy Dynamic Laws of Prosperity, which I still think is one of the most interesting books on prosperity if you follow it. And I remember getting that book and I said, this stuff is hokey. This is like the hokey pokey, right? I mean, right, yeah. you're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my friend said to, friend said to me, okay, you think it's so hokey pokey. Why don't you teach it from the book to a group of us in your way? Mm. Bottom line is, never really could figure out what my way was went through the book, even some of the hokey pokey stories that to this day I love. But I tried the suit on. You know what I'm saying? I tried yeah. the suit on. And yeah. what you described are is a simple tool that those of us that have, let's just say we've had a little rockiness in our lives, 
these are life-changing tools. How did this tool change your life? And did it help you with that, what I call, black hole of loneliness? Yeah, by the time I got to where I was attracting here, I was pretty comfortable in my skin mm-hmm. <laughs> by myself. So yeah, I knew no I'd kidding, her, right? So I was able to relax knowing that I would meet her, but I was, you know, like foaming at the mouth. Like, and you were like, hey, I'm feeling pretty good right now. So I'm going to come along when it's time. You know, life is good. <laughs> and, uh, but then I did kind of start making other lists. You know, like when exactly. I did the Hootie book, right? So I did the Hootie Cigar book and started doing the sit, ask, and listen piece and writing down everything that I wanted to create in that process. I ended up uh, with the opposite of what we were talking about earlier, right? you know, feeling alone, right? Which is how I felt in business at that time. I Coming off of a few seeming business failures and everything just felt really dark. And then I downloaded to do this book. And on the other side of this book, I ended up with the three mentors I always wanted <laughs> and all of these incredible authors and speakers and everybody took me under their wing and taught me everything that they knew uh, for free, by the way, because I asked. So it's yeah. what I learned from yeah. that project is that the universe supports me, that, yeah. I, that I truly am never alone and that it, it, it is about asking for help, but it's also about the way that I ask. Because previously I had asked people, famous people, to help me, but I asked from a place where I was needy. Yeah. Like I needed needed them to get to the next level. And so when you have need in front of you, you want to what? Run away from it. And so they mm-hmm. did. I had the best run away from me going, heck no. And, uh, but this time I learned what I call right asking and asked from a place of power because I knew that project was going to change people's lives, whether they were in it or not. It was going to change lives because it came from a higher place when I downloaded the idea for it. So, so it was really just going through the motions of asking in the way that I also got in as I sat, asked, and listened. And then things really worked out. So, so we do. Our universe is absolutely there to support us, and uh, so never give up on somebody who's asking for your support. No, never. When, and when we're dealing with people, you know, in addiction and, and and all of that, you know, sometimes you can get frustrated and feel like I'm at the end of my rope. Like I can't now. I'm just feeling like I'm I'm enabling them or, or whatever. But it's it's like we can't give up on people. We just can't give up on them. And, you can't uh, give up on people. And you know what's interesting about what you said? Let 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 let's talk story now because I think in your book. Uh, there's so much in the book, but I, I'll tell you what, you should have called me because I could have told you this very important fact. You ready for it? Yeah. You are never going to be part of an Italian family without cheese. It is never going to happen. <laughs> I am, t- and I don't care what kind of cheese you think you're not going to have. There is no way you are not going to have cheese, cheese and pastry. Cheese and pasta. Uh, the only one thing you don't put cheese in is espresso with Zambuca. But That's I just right. wanted to tell you about that. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and dessert. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, some, a friend of mine told me uh, about two weeks ago they've come up with this pizza. 
please. I said, why? What? 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 And they said, well, it's like a, a, a weight loss thing. I said, you can't call it pizza. It's like pizza without cheese and not pizza. So I just wanted right. to say that. The, it's bread yeah. with tomato sauce on it. <laughs> it's bread with tomato sauce on it. Um, but but here's what I want to say. I know we've got a little bit of time left. Before we jump ahead, again, how, tell folks how they can get a copy of the book and how they can find out more about you. Because there is a takeaway from this book I want to talk with you about before our hour is up. Okay. Uh, walkingwithmyangelsbook.com walkingwithmyangelsbook.com. You go to that page, and then you can click off to Amazon, buy your book, come put the, the number in, the order number, and then you'll get tons of bonuses. So you're going to get the book. You might as well get the bonuses. And then if you go to Leon Smith Publishing, uh, leonsmithpublishing.com, then that is our main publishing website that tells you about all the things that we have, including a way for you to write a book without having to write a single word to show up to seven phone calls let us pick your brain, and we can take that information and turn it into a book for you. So that's our favorite thing that we do in our publishing company. I love it. I need to talk to you about it. Um, yeah. Here's the part that I like to talk about. Oh, I, this is going to sound really crazy, though. Um, when we talk about these things, we think this is now the happy ending of our lives, right? Here we are. Mm -hmm. We've gotten past so many things. You know, my friends tease me a lot. They say, look, can you make sure that if Pat drives in the car with us, you don't drive by, let's, let, let, let's not drive by the homeless people on the corner. And the joke mm -hmm. is that I make them stop. And even if they don't stop, I make sure that I will get out of the car to put the money in the homeless, right? I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and so up until a few years ago, they never understood why, because I never talked about my story of being homeless. And so one day I shared that with my friends. But this is the thing I want to talk with you about. We could stop now and celebrate the happy ending. But it didn't stop here. See, because you and I, we we went through the same thing and still go through it. There are other things that happen. You know, I was reading about this and I thought the book is going to end here, but it didn't because you had more things come your way. And one of the things that folks don't understand is you can come to the point where you don't have money left, where you don't really have the resources left. But that still doesn't mean we give up. And that's what I want to have you talk about, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like to say it's how how I show up in those moments is what really defines who I am. Mm -hmm. you know, everybody talks a great game when everything's going well, yeah. and, uh, and and even when things appear to be going well and are going well, there's there's still challenges, right? Even right totally. now, I'm setting up a I'm like it's setting up a year long book tour to tour for this book, and then the person who's booking for me went away, <laughs> so now <laughs> I got to find someone else. To book me. Oh. Well, <laughs> they places. probably went with our programmer that was working on our <laughs> yeah. new technology. They're probably eloped. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and then I was I was doing this whole like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get sponsors to sponsor things like like my RV. I'll find an RV sponsor. <laughs> Did I find an RV sponsor yet? No. My wife and I are driving <laughs> my car right now. Are we gonna look at RVs when we get to uh, 
to uh, the desert. We're going for a wedding in California. When we get there, then we'll look at RVs, and maybe I'll just have to get one myself. <laughs> you know, it's like, but if I sat back and said, oh, my God, I don't have any sponsors. My booker left me. Like, I could go dark pretty quick, right? <laughs> pretty quick if I look at what's not happening. I'm right there of, with you. Right there with instead you. I'm, right? Instead of I'm doing this interview with you, I had, I had three of these today, <laughs> you know, and I'm on the road. How blessed am I to be able to on the road, stop and have a full day of interviews. And I get to do events when I get to California, which means I get to change lives. I get to teach people yeah. this, this stuff. And I get to see transformation happen in front of my eyes. I get to sing for them. I get to, oh, I get to, I get to, I get to. So when I focus on what I get to do instead of what I don't have, it goes a lot better for me because then I attract more and more things that to be grateful for. The more grateful I am, right? the more grateful I am things that I have to be grateful about. When I spin out and start focusing on what's not happening, then that continues to perpetuate itself and create more and more of what's not happening. That's not yeah. Cool. yeah. And I got to tell you, that is really the essence of uh, one, let's just call it one takeaway. There are many from the book. Because that energy you just described, what I love about it it's an energy of possibilities. And, you know, somewhere along the way, I got that energy. And I'm not quite sure how I got it. I think maybe I got it before I was like 21. Because I had to create time after time and time again, how to either get out of a really legal situation, or how to feed myself homeless. I don't even know. But I think there's something that that got built up. But most importantly, I think it was the recognition that I really do have angels. And I think that you're talking about that too, that there are angels in two-legged angels and not two-legged angels. And I want to ask you about this. What strengthens your belief today? Every, every manifestation, every time that I pray, believe in that, I'll receive and I receive every time that I question and I receive the answer every time I somebody comes to me and says thank you for writing this book because like whatever comes after that word because
I've noticed one thing about this world is when strangers, right, strangers will show up for you when you need it. If you're in crisis, boom, right, there they are. Like so many times they show up. As angels, like you said, right? And sometimes yeah. they show up and disappear, and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> they show wait, 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 wait. Sometimes they show up and stick around. Sometimes they whisper in your ear. Sometimes they show yep. up in a song. Sometimes they show up, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Um, the the thing that I, I want to wrap up with here is, first of all, I want to thank you for joining all of us here today. Uh, the second thing I want to do is I want to thank you for your radical honesty in writing this book, but not as a story that is told just for you. It is a story that is told for many, many others. Um, and then the last thing is, you also, uh, you also, Keith, represent, you know, this world of possibilities for change for oneself and then for change in the world. And that is really what folks want now. They want not just to be inspired, but they want to know that the folks that are out there and taking the message out are authentically who they are. And that's what you rep represent. And, you know, your book is, isn't just about the story of loneliness and doubt. It's also the story of hope and action. And I wanted to thank you so much for that. One last question, if you don't mind. Give out your website again. And, and I'd love to know your personal message. I'd love to know what you'd like to leave us with today. That's walkingwithmyangelsbook.com. What I love <laughs> to leave you with uh, and have been for 15 years now is that is that if you're hearing my voice right now, you're you're listening to me, you make a difference on this planet. This planet would not be the same without you. Every day you're making a difference. And if you say hello to someone, every smile, every hug, you could have saved a life right there saying hello to someone. And they felt like nobody saw them, but the fact that you saw them had me think about had them think about that all the way home. And by the mm -hmm. time they got home, they decided to, to talk themselves out of killing themselves. So you make a difference in this world, and all the people around us assume that we know we're making a difference in their life, so they forget to tell us too. And so for everyone who forgot to tell you, you make a difference. I want to be here for you and tell you for them. Mm. You make a difference. Thank you. Thank you so much. All of you out there, you make a difference. You're amazing. And we love you. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.